Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Pastor Denise Slaughter, to discuss that there is hope after divorce. Welcome, Pastor Denise. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be here this evening, Sister Jamila. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hey, Solomon. Hey, how you doing, sis? Can you briefly share a little about yourself personally and professionally? Well, I am a pastor of Kingdom Restoration Ministries Incorporated, and presently we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am a wife, a new wife, glory be unto God. Uh, the four years next year, February the 16th, I'm a mother of three amazing children, 11 grandchildren, and I am a case manager for a company here in North Carolina where I work with disabled children and their families, working with them to get durable medical equipment, provider services, therapies, and different things of that in their home. And I also work with Joint Force Headquarters, who is the Army National Guard, also as a case manager and a substance abuse coordinator. Can you share what led in you getting divorced? Well, pre, I was married uh, for 33 years. First time I remarried the same person and we were married for three years. And in both of those marriages, there was infidelity. There was a lot of abuse. My ex-husband was a narcissist. And I know that because um, my training, my schooling, I have a bachelor's in behavioral science. So I just started seeing certain things. So pretty much you have the abuse. And when I say abuse, it was in all kinds of ways. And after a while, you know, I had our three children. Always said I didn't want them to be raised by anyone other than their father. So I suffered a lot because of my choice. But that's pretty much what led to getting a divorce, the infidelity and the abuse. Thank you for sharing. Can you share what you learned about yourself after being divorced? I learned that I always hear people saying, you're so strong, you're so strong. And they didn't know my story, you know, all the ins and outs, but I never saw myself as strong. I knew that my strength was only in God. And But when I got out of it, I really had to look back. God allowed me to look back and say, you know, some of the things you've been through, others wouldn't have survived. So you are strong, even though the strength was in God. And I learned that even on broken pieces, God still has need of me. And it doesn't mean that I was useless because I was broken. And I learned how to love myself and take care of myself. And I learned that I can make it. And I thank you for your transparency because I was divorced. I was actually divorced twice. The first time I got married was in college. And right now, based on like where I am and my walk with the Lord, I wasn't that then. Had no clue, even though I grew up going to church. But my relationship and the dynamic spiritually wasn't just there. So I did things in my flesh, like, oh, okay, I think I need to do this. I should do that. So yeah, I ended up getting divorced twice and I, I'm not proud about it. And I saw and learned from what God showed me with that. The second one was abusive. I did leave. I had a restraining order and I prayed to the Lord and I said, God, if it's your will for me to relocate and you provide this opportunity in the state that you know I'm in now because I have support there, then I'll go. And lo and behold, God opened up that opportunity. And people were like, how did you get that job? You came from another state to this major known uh, company. And so, yeah, I just give God the glory. And what I learned from it was that I did things in my flesh 
And I played a part in it as well with the choices I made because spiritually I wasn't at a place where I am now. So I don't regret it because I learned from it and I, it has called me to have empathy and compassion for others having gone through or getting to go through or have gone through. Yes. Have you forgiven your ex-spouse and yourself regarding divorce? After many, 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 many sessions of counseling and going to God for strength and the forgiveness, and we talk about forgiveness, your answer in the short form, yes. The long form, because I wasn't taught what true forgiveness is. See, I was taught that forgiveness is, you know, you accept the person's apology and then you go back and you do what you have to do. But I've since learned that you can forgive someone without welcoming them back into your life. In other words, the apology is accepted, but access is denied. And so I have forgiven my ex for all the things, but I also had God showed me that you were, I was accountable in it as well for allowing certain things to happen, for not loving myself, for different things that I allowed to go in. So it took a process, but God finally got a hold of me. So, okay, now we need to deal with your stuff. And But yes, I have forgiven uh, myself and my ex-husband. And I love how you shared that term. If you could repeat that again, I love that. That's powerful about you forgave, but you denied access. I hope I'm saying that right. Because boundaries, healthy boundaries are very important. And what I learned in the process myself as well, because I had an ignorance as well about the definition of forgiveness and still allowing certain things until I learned that wasn't the case, you know, like in therapy and through other areas that God taught me about forgiveness is that sometimes there are places for reconciliation. Sometimes they're not places for people to still sit in the front row of your life. That's nothing personal. That's not evil or mean. It's just like honoring God to honor yourself and to actually allow God to be God to that person. Because sometimes we do a disservice because we try to put our flesh into certain things. I know I can speak for myself. So yes, that forgiveness piece, I did that. But then also God showed me in certain areas that I was still growing in places with that ex-spouse because you have to remember the, the second divorce, the first one, I didn't have kids or anything very young. We didn't have kids and it was really quick and fast. But the second one, having two children by him, was a little bit different because it's still having to interact because of the children. In certain areas, I was fine. I worked on it. But then further down the line, God was showing me certain areas I still needed to work on. But ultimately, uh, the forgiveness was there because I'm at a place now where I pray for him and tell our children to, you always have to honor your parents and respect them and things of that nature. Yes, absolutely. And that was the same way with me. And that forgiveness piece, you know, apology accepted, but access denied. And so the Lord had to really deal with my heart because like I said, that was a total of 36 years that I was married to my ex-husband. And so a lot went into that. And we two had three children and they not knowing they knew a lot that they did know that we talked about once they got older, but also finding myself because in the marriage, I became who he wanted me to be. So I lost myself. And so I had to also forgive myself for that, for allowing myself to be 
quote unquote, taken advantage of and given up myself, you know, to someone that I thought loved me. And I believe in his own way he did and even forgiven him for that. And it's a process. And people need to understand that when you forgive somebody, it's a process and go through the process, however long it may take. Don't let anybody rush you, but go through it. And I can relate. And I'm so glad you shared that because I had to forgive myself as well. And God is such a loving God. God is not a condemning God. God is a loving God. So I'm so grateful and thankful to the Lord that we're sharing about this because some people suffer in silence and they think they have to stay in situations that are unhealthy and that do not honor God. And the minute someone is abusive or infidelity or just different things that a person has to go before God and say, Lord, is this your will? And God speaks to them because at the end of the day, I know for the abuse, the covenant was broken. You know, God is a God of love. And so I learned about what God needed me to learn about myself. And I had to forgive myself and let go and let God. So I just give God the glory for you sharing that. So when and how did you let your children know you were getting a divorce? My children, when their father and I got divorced, were, of course, adults. So it was like, we just sat down and I just had the conversation with them. And the ironic thing with that is my oldest said to me, mom, what took you so long? And that kind of took me aback because they know, I mean, they knew the him leaving, putting him out, coming back. And they saw all of that and they saw the hurt, the pain. They even at one point caught him with another lady and they came back and told me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do nothing. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to be okay. So they knew it. It was almost like they were waiting for me to say, okay, I'm done. Wow. How were your children impacted by the divorce? As I said, they were impacted in a positive way. They loved their father, but they knew what mom was going through and they didn't want mom to hurt anymore. So again, I think they were happy that it was finally, if I can say that finally over, that mom, you need to be happy. That's what they were saying. Everybody deserves to be happy. You tried it. You did what you could. Dad didn't want to do whatever. We just want you to be happy. And that sense now impacting them going through the divorce, getting up to that point, it impacted them in a negative way. And I did not know that until the Lord, I remember in my home, in our home that we had, and I was doing something around the house and Holy Spirit said, the way you're allowing your husband to treat you, that's you're teaching your son and you're teaching your daughters. And when I, he said that to me, something in me shook. And I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. So that began my process of getting free. And it took some years because I still stayed there. But that was a process. And the divorce itself was a good thing. But the process getting there impacted them in a lot of ways negatively. And we since had those conversations and sat down and talked about different things. And all throughout the process of 30-something years that we were married, not once did I allow, and I thank you, Sister Miller, for saying what you said about their father. Not once were they allowed to talk bad about him. Not once were they allowed to disrespect him. I let them know that's your father. What goes on between us is us. That's your father, and you will respect him. I think, you know, and I can't speak for my children because this would be a great conversation now based on the age that they are. Because in my situation, they were like, and one was in diapers and one was in pull-up. So, and they're 17 months apart. So they were really young when the relocation happened for myself and because their uh, father lived in different states. So they would go down during the summers to visit. It was just like, 
no schooling, just like, it was like a vacation type of fun type of thing. And so I think God has showed me prior to like one of them graduating how I think she still wanted us to be together. But then later down the line, God started showing God's self to her about him without having to say anything. And so I think it kind of clicked for her, like, okay, like my mom made the right decision and things of that nature. But again and again, I continue to tell our children to honor your mother and your father, like the word of God says. And at the end of the day, everybody has to give an account for themselves unto the Lord. You just do be obedient and honor and, you know, forgive, but still put up healthy boundaries no matter what. So absolutely. Yes. So did you get therapy or counseling during and after this process? I did both spiritual and secular. So I went to my pastors and my leaders, the church, and then I also went to outside uh, secular counseling and it helped me so much. I remember kind of early in our marriage, I saw some things. I was like, wait a minute, this ain't right. And I went to a therapist and the one thing, and is ironic, you mentioned that, that he said, "You, you don't have any boundaries. And that wasn't just within my marriage. That was within my life. And so God began to help me to set healthy boundaries in that. But yes, I went to secular counseling and that really, really helped me. And just to be candid with the spiritual counseling, a lot of it was geared to me. Do your part as a wife. Are you cooking? Are you cleaning? Are you being, you know, sexually intimate when he needs? It was always me. And I'm like, God, something's wrong with this. Why is it pointed to the things that I need to do, but nobody's addressing Kim? And that was some of it. But then God allowed me to meet up with some other uh, spiritual counselors. And my ex-husband and I went and they really honed on both of us, even him. And that kind of, okay, yeah, this is what I need. I need someone to not just point out my faults or what they think, but also making him accountable. The second I didn't get now, I didn't get any uh, secular counseling in the first marriage, but the second one I did because I was really, truly, you know, I thought this was it. You know, he said, I love you. I want my wife back, I want my kids back. I'm going to do anything I can. And it all sounded good. But the other thing is Holy Spirit told me, y'all told me, don't marry this man. But I was like, it was so fresh. And I'm like, yeah, we can do this. And so I went against the will of God, married him a second time. And when I said I really needed counseling, I did. And I got the secular counseling and really opened up some other avenues for me in that area. So I tell people, yes, if you need to get counseling, please do it. And I thank you for sharing that because it's so powerful, your story. So with me, just to be transparent, that day was a traumatic day of that marriage to him. The wedding should have been called off. A major situation happened to me and the wedding should have been called off. That's all. And I continue, I overrode like what you were saying about the Holy Spirit. I didn't pretty much understand it back then like I do now. But I was just like, oh no, we got to go through with this. All these people are here and things are like that. And so that's deep. Now, when you talk about boundaries, and I think you had mentioned the different types of counseling, which all are excellent. And I love the fact that you mentioned about the accountability because that's so important because I could remember that prior to getting divorced, we're separated, but then I tried again to see 
and nothing had changed. Actions speak louder than words, right? So nothing had changed because I wanted to make for sure, for sure, I was doing the right thing even after doing everything that I possibly could. And so I thank God that you mentioned counseling because I myself, I continued to do therapy for certain things and was doing therapy then. And I thank God for the word of God. And I thank God for just just different people coming into my life, giving me uh, support and learning from that. So, yeah. What can you share to those listening who are in the process of getting a divorce or who are already divorced know that there is hope after the divorce? Where do I begin? (laughs) Our God is a good God. He's a good, good father. And all I can say is, if we keep our hands and our hearts in tune with him, he will make our latter greater than our former. No matter what we're going through, we seek God for ourselves. Get godly wisdom. You can't get wisdom from everybody. It has to be godly wisdom. Learning to self-love and self-care. There is hope. Like I said, I was married for 36 years. We were high school sweethearts. Got divorced. Remarried, got divorced. And I said at that point, okay, God, I need time to figure out what's going on with me and getting me healthy and getting me whole. And as I begin to focus just on God, I'm pastoring at this time. I had moved out, got my own place. And I just had to focus on me. And I believe that once I truly sat down, allowed God to just go through my life and take out everything, the hurt, the pain, the anger, the bitterness, and help me to refocus and let him heal me. Those things, because as I was going through, I looked good on the outside, but inside I felt like I was dying. So I had to allow God to deal with the inner me. And as he began to do that, as I'm serving him like Ruth, as Ruth was serving Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As she was serving, Boaz saw her from afar off. And so that's what's happened to me as I was serving God and allowing God to heal me and allowing God to take all that stuff out and fill me with what I needed. My Boaz saw me from afar off. And as I said, we'll be celebrating four years next year. There is definitely hoping God is in the process. We just have to stay focused on him, allow him to heal us and do what's best for you. To God be the glory. And I just want to add to that. Thank you. To God be the glory. So I too was like, I kept doing the same thing. And as I started growing where I was at uh, spiritually at a place of worship, giving me and feeding me the word of God and spiritual moms and reading books and things of that nature, myself started going through the healing process and, you know, doing therapy and just like saying, okay, God is just, you and me and my kids, I said, if you ever want me to get married again, they had to love you more than anything, love my kids and be about your business. And I love how you gave the story about Ruth and Boaz because I was not looking for my husband. And it was just like, I just give God the glory how it happened. And so one of his favorite scriptures is Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what I love about that is like, when you be about God's business, God has you and he's going to honor and give you the desires of your heart. And so I say this to give hope to people, you know, it's never too late. And when we do stuff in our flesh, like versus like saying, Lord, okay, I'm going to take baby steps. I'm going to trust you little by little. We miss out 
when we do it our way versus saying, okay, I'm just going to surrender this, <laughs> let it go. Because at the end of the day, had you not gone through all of this and gotten to the place where you are, you wouldn't be where you are with who you're with. And I'm quite sure you wish your ex-husband well. I wish my ex-husband well. God has who they have for them and God is faithful. And I thank God for our lives and where we are on our journey right now. Yes. Yes. All right. So I guess we're going to like uh, wrap up. Did you want to share anything, Solomon? Well, uh, this here is not part of the script, Pastor Denise, but I, I do have a, a brief question. I know where your roots come from. You know, most of, both of us come from the same, same little community. And with that said, our listeners may need to hear, was it easy or was it hard for you to just walk away from your roots? You mean relocating or? Yes, just, just walking away. Some of both. I knew that God, when my husband and I met, we courted each other long distance. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm in Lincoln, Delaware. So we did a lot of Skyping. But when God said, it's, you, you need to go there, it wasn't hard in that sense of saying yes. But when I got here, because I left everybody that I knew and I left everything that I knew, that took some accepting, okay, God, now I'm here, what? Because I didn't have anybody but my husband. My whole support system was in Delaware. But having my husband being as loving and kind and gentle and God-fearing man, he was so patient. He, he walked me with the help of God through that transition. So yeah, that part, it was hard relocating. It was. But if you don't mind, I want to go back to something that we asked about giving people hope. Another thing that helped me was, this was one particular song. I just played this song and this is how God got me through over and over. And it's called Thy Will by Hillary Scott. And a part of that song says, Lord, I know you're good, but this doesn't feel good right now. And he said, Lord, let thy, one, only I can say is your will be done. But that song got me through so many nights and so many days of knowing, God, you're in control. It don't feel good. I've gone back and I've given it another chance and whatever. And he helped me through that. Another thing Jamila mentioned about different books, and it's one particular book that I read and I read and reread and reread. It's called Woman, Will Thou Be Made Whole? And it's by Alicia Lewis. And it talks about healing from the wounds of divorce. That book helped me to solidify, yeah, I'm on the right track. Yeah, I know I heard God, but how do I get through this? So it helped me get through that. But yeah, the transition from Delaware to here, it was not saying yes to God. That was the easy part. But after getting here, it was like, okay, God, I went through that kind of like a withdrawal because I didn't have all that I had. So yeah. And to add to that, so moving from another state and relocating to North, even though it was dysfunctional and unhealthy and unsafe, it felt weird, you know. But then each day kept going by day by day and, you know, having the support and going through just different situations, God continued to keep me. And it's a process, you know. And so I thank you for sharing those resources as well. But there is hope. We just had the little by little, day by day, Situation by situation, God is faithful. Yes. Have your cheering squad in your corner. Have those ones in your corners. Like Jesus had, he had those faithful three, right? 
So I had those faithful three or four that I knew I could call on and I just say, pray for me, or they would just listen to me, pour my heart out. We have to have, even though I'm miles away, I knew I could call them up and they were there. Having that support system, having those ones to lean on, to get you through. And it hurts. Let me tell you, it hurts, but go through it. And I had to keep telling myself, Lord, I'm going to endure the pain of not remaining the same, endure the pain of change rather than keep enduring the pain of remaining the same. Jesus. And we recognize, I don't care who you are, change is not doesn't feel good all the time. And sometimes if we're not careful, fear can get into the process of us changing because sometimes we don't want to change because of fear, because we're afraid of the unknown. But the common theme that I'm hearing from you, Pastor Denise, and, and my wife, Jamila, is you trust God. Y'all trusted God, and God is the one to put those amen people in your corner. The Holy Spirit designed all of that because God lets us know that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Absolutely. Nobody but God. Through that process, if I can say one, piggyback off your saying, lean into God like never before. Like he went with the young lady was dying. They went back. So why are you here now? She's dead. Jesus put them all out. And it comes up when we're going through something that hard. You just got to put the naysayers out. I don't need y'all around me right now. I am weak and I need somebody can pour some strength into me. Amen. And I thank you for sharing that because, yes, spiritual moms and support groups. I know we worship at a support group. Phenomenal for victims and survivors and thrivers because I still, even though I'm not being impacted by domestic abuse, I still love my sisters. And whenever I'm able to connect and join with the groups, it's phenomenal because it's just God is faithful, you know. And like you said, the naysayers, you. Keep it moving. You don't hold no grudges. And pray for no, them. Yep. Animosity. Pray for them and keep it moving because, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be obedient to the Lord. We can't just continue on without that because at the end of the day, it's just like, it's not even worth it. There's so much freedom on the other side. And like you said, change is not easy, but you know what? I'd rather like try to step out on faith and see and learn still from it compared to still being in something that's so toxic and unhealthy and things like that. And it is a process. It's not to be judgmental because everybody's at different places and it's not easy, but God is faithful. God is faithful. So little baby steps. Yes. Yes, indeed. So before we close, uh, we've got one more question. What are some practical tools, scriptures, resources, et cetera, that can be helpful for those listening based on what we've been discussing so far that hasn't been shared already? Get the, the word of God, the word of God. And I know for me, my favorite was Psalm 34. Even to this day, that's my favorite scripture. Blessing the Lord. Psalm, you know, I'm a praiser. I'm a worshiper. So when I was going through, praise kept me. Worship kept me. The word of God kept me. Being in the, being in the house of God, fellowshipping with people of like-minded kept me. So do, you know, just doing what we have, you got to, we each individually have to do to keep our freedom, to keep our sound mind, to keep our peace. And also praying. Even while I was going through, I was praying for my ex-husband, God save him. Even today, save him, deliver him, help him to see his need for you. And that's a process. Now, in the beginning, I was like, Lord, <laughs> mm, 
You said vengeance is yours, Lord. <laughs> Keep it real. But now I'm to that point. It's like the Lord Holy Spirit said to me, he says, no longer your concern. And not saying not to pray for him, but that kept me. But when you can get to that point where you can pray for that person and really be sincere about it, finding books. Yes, we have the word of God and that's our foundation, but God gave me so many books. Uh, Miles Monroe, uh, Joyce Myers, just so many Find something that speaks to your soul and just eat it and eat it and eat it. Yes, I love uh, Joyce Myers. I love Miles Monroe. I love anyone that's preaching the word of God, you know, in addition to our pastor and other preachers. Joyce Myers has a powerful testimony. So God is so faithful. And, and just to pick it back on what you said a while ago about the naysayers, it's important to be around positive people because it don't matter what you're going through. We need to realize that the enemy has his advocates too. So those naysayers may not even be conscious that the enemy is trying to use to keep you in a place or in a space. But there goes God. God will elevate us sometimes through other people. Because when people encourage us, the word of God says we should encourage one another. And as long as we continue to encourage one another, God can get the glory out of it because what God will do through encouragement is get us out of one space and put us in another. Yes. And I just wanted to piggyback off of you, like with the whole piece and what you were saying, like I continue to, like you said, I stayed in my word and I connected with others who were positive and support groups. And, you know, I just little by little, you know, seeking and searching and going through the process of healing and knowing what was healthy and not healthy. And there's hope. There's hope in it. So thank you for that. Yes, yes. And one, one other thing I would say, and I've always, my motto has always been keep it 100. And we have to, number one, be honest with ourselves when we're going through a divorce or trauma of any kind. We have to own it. And sometimes own it, as you said, Solomon, is some, that's hurtful because it's like, I got to accept my part in this. And so I'm afraid because what does that look like? How does that make me look? Everybody thinks I'm strong. Everybody thinks I'm this. But when I go and say, look, I'm not, and I need your help, it's okay. That's owning it. And that's a part of the process, the healing process. And I'm glad you shared that because that's what God wants us to do with Amen. God. We had to be honest and go even before God, like, God, I need help in this area. God, I'm hurting. God help me. I remember like some of my spiritual moms, like when I went through certain things, they like supported me and loved on me, but they was like, okay, now it's enough. Whatever I was going through, let's keep it moving now. Right. Because holding me accountable, not allowing myself to stay stuck in that because th that's the trick of the enemy as well. Like, yes, you could go through certain processes, but now it's just like, okay, Lord, I need your strength. I'm not going to have this pity party. I'm not going to continue on in it. Like, yes, I'm human. I'm going to feel it. And this is what happened. But now it's just like, okay, I'm going to praise him through it. But you had mentioned and reading the word and meditating on the word and just like doing things that's going to give you life. Yes. Yes. All right. So before we close, is there anything you all wanted to share before we ask for you to uh, feel free to share any contact information that you may be led to share? your nonprofit ministry websites, whatever. Did you want to say anything? Yes. As I said earlier, I just want to say that I am. Pastor will be going in our eighth year, New Beginnings, praise the Lord. 
2022, and I'm the pastor of Kingdom Restoration Ministries Incorporated, located in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right now, the services are done through Facebook Live, StreamYard. We also have a YouTube channel that's also under my name, Denise Slaughter. And also most of it is on my personal page, Denise Slaughter. Praise God. God. Praise God. Well, sis, uh, Pastor Denise, I get caught up calling you sis because you know how that goes. Amen. But you know what, though? I really appreciate you because you are going to help a lot of people, not just with this episode, but just the way you walk. Because one thing I've learned, I ain't always been saved. And I'm pretty sure you remember when. You know where God has bought me from. But one thing I'm constantly learning is God wants us to be transparent. And you mentioned that a while ago. Because what the enemy wants us to do is keep mess to ourselves so he can continue to control us. But when we start letting stuff out, God can help us there. Because if you keep your mouth shut or keep your mind shut down, God ain't not going to be in there. He wants you to be open and ask for help. So I thank God for everything that he's doing in your life. And I know for a fact that there's greater days coming. Praise God. Thank you. I'm Faith Solomon. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I give God glory and praise for both of you, for your ministry and your life as well, your faithfulness to God, to the kingdom. Praise God. We thank God for you. This was such a blessing. To God be the glory. Yay. Praise his holy name. My pastor, uh, Denise, we know this. No, I just was giving God the glory that I'm blessed by this. And we just thank you and we love you, our sister in Christ. And we give God the glory for you, Pastor Denise. So be blessed, sister. You as well. Love you guys. God bless. God bless. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.